Fanboys and Friends presents... It's an instinct. Somewhere on the internet, this may all be happening right now. Feeling... The Force brought together. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. Taking one last look, sir. Every podcaster tells his story. And my friends. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Fandom Awakens Radio. Always. Fans together strong. All right, Gaina, welcome to the latest uh, episode of Fandom Awakens Radio. Fans together strong. Our regular episode on the flagship show. I am your host, David Sending, your Master of Ceremonies, and with me, your friend and mine, all the way on Dagobah, or, you know, Florida, if you need a one-to-one translation book, but if you do, why are you here? Your friend and mine, Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going, buddy? It is going well. Things are changing rapidly on a day-to-day basis, but Mm -hmm. hey, what gives us stuff to talk about? Oh, it does it that. It does it that. And uh, and when when we're not distracted by other things, we're here talking Star Wars because that is what we do, right? Yes, we talk. We talk to wars. Yes, one could say we had a vision, and that's a perfect segue into Star Wars Visions Volume Two, streaming on Disney Plus. Now, guys, let me tell you something. I, unlike some of our other spinoffs, where it's a continuing thing, you know, uh, eight, six, twelve episodes if you're Andor, which I, which honestly I got to say is a smarter move. Can we please go to twelve, please, please, pretty please, with my knocks on top, pretty please, and pay your writers better while you're at it. But, you know, we always 
we always talk the wars anyway, but I wasn't going to give a spin-off show to Visions, given it was shorter than even that. So we fold it into the regular episodes uh, when there is a season of Visions to discuss in a, a recurring segment on the regular show, which will be known as the canon divorce. Hey, congrats. Thank you. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? who let the dogs out? Hello. You're not really wearing that, are you? Wearing what? The man purse. You actually gonna wear that? You guys just fuck me. It's where I keep all my things. I get a lot of compliments on this. Plus, it's not a man purse. It's called a satchel. Indiana Jones wears one. So does Joy Behar. Okay, then. There, that seems like an appropriate name, doesn't it, Kyle? With canon divorce. <laughs> oh, uh, something along those lines. But I am excited to talk Star Wars Visions. This is my... I'm going to be honest with you, this is my favorite, one of my favorite Star Wars projects since Disney has taken over. Yeah, I agree. I will just say this, and then I will let the excited guy for Visions lead off, but after watching Volume 1 again, and Volume 2, which we will discuss openly, is, I will just say this, can Star Wars animation just live in this Pocket. I mean, is that too much to ask, Kyle? Can Star Wars animation just live in this pocket and let everything else, like your live-action shows, your movies that I know they're, you know, trying to get back to? Uh, we'll discuss more about that. But can, you know, animation just live in this kind of canon-divorced Visions pocket and let everything that was be you know live action fodder like your upcoming ahsoka or you know whatever's going on with cad bane honestly feloni i need answers damn it answers answer me but anyway i'm i'm sorry i i i'm i feel deep emotion for my blue boy all right um but now, granted, not as not as deeply as blowing up one Jennifer Beals in uh, the Book of Boba Fett and not giving us any answers. That was just dumb. Why, Kyle? Why? Why'd that have to happen? Okay. Okay. Down, boy. Down. Don't make me get the hose. All right. All right. All right. Uh, 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 let, 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 let's stick. Let, let's talk some Star Wars vision. Yeah, all right. I'm I'm just emotional here. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Kyle. Take so, us off on Star Wars Visions. Okay, so I, I just want to start this off saying um, I was very excited when season one of Star Wars Visions happened. I am a huge fan of uh, Japanese animation art style. I have always been, and uh, Star Wars Visions uh, season one for me didn't disappoint. I think that it was it was solid. It was what it had. It was solid. It had some beautiful animation, some great shorts. Some didn't live up to the hype as much as others, but it did a good job. And what I love so much about Star Wars Visions, too, was it got us outside of the Star Wars Skywalker sandbox. And it did it in a fun and intelligent way with some great stories. 
stories that I know I've talked to many of people who say they would love to see a continuation of. Yes, so, and, and you brought it up with Volume 1, one of them being The Ninth Jedi. The Ninth Jedi, um, I was a big fan also of The Elder, and of course, our uh, anything anything you want to do with the, the, our favorite Star Wars Ronin, I'm all for, because I thought that, that was one of my favorites as well. Yeah, and can I mention something before we mm-hmm. go off and talk about Volume 2, which mm-hmm. is main, the main part of the discussion? Um, I think... One of the interesting things is, as far as, like, the living force, you know, that whole concept, I think yep. a lot of that was done massively better in Star Wars Visions than anything George Lucas was trying to do. Oh, I, think, I, I, I think that's probably a fair assessment, so... Yeah, yeah, I know... I know, I know, I know. People don't really like it when you spout truth like that. But when you when you think about it, and and it really is, it's done a lot more effectively than anything George Lucas could have done. Because in the prequels, the idea of the living force is a line. That's it. Yeah. But so. in Star Wars Visions, you actually got you know depth and and exploration about it. And I know the Clone Wars 3D animation did its fair share into the living force and especially the cosmic force. But when you're focusing on just visions, there was a lot touched on the force con- as a concept that George Lucas somehow did not in even when he had the rights and it was his movies, somehow he kept it vague enough where we're like guessing for 40 years, 40 plus at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think, but I think that's what makes the magic of visions is that we are, not only are we getting different stories, we're getting an international flavor with oh, Star absolutely. Wars visions. Yeah, I agree. Totally. And getting other people's take. With that said, though, when they announced Star Wars Vision Season 2, I was a little more trepidatious because they announced that they were going to go all across the globe and visit animation studios. And I'm, I, w- I guess because I am such a huge anime fan, I was a little disappointed with that. But I have to admit, after ex- experiencing Star Wars Visions uh, Season 2, I was not disappointed, and I'm really glad they went the direction they did. Even though I do hope if we get a season three, there's some stuff from volume one that does get revisited. But there's yeah. some amazing work done here in season two of Star Wars Visions. And what I would say is this, just going in, I think the best of Star Wars Visions season one is still better than anything that was in season two of Visions. Mm-hmm. But I think from top to bottom, Vision season two is a much more solid season. It is, yeah, it is. And... Like the one I was, the one I'm most intrigued by, and like how you were saying with Ninth Jedi in season one, right? Mm-hmm. The one I'm most intrigued by because it reminded me of, um, and man, this is gonna you know take me back a bit, especially when it made up for the sequels that were wretched. But the Animatrix, mm-hmm. uh, you know which one I'm talking about, uh, Sith. Yeah. 
where it was basically that kind of a wicked sort of watercolor painting mm -hmm. style animation. That was cool. Yeah. So let's start. Let's start with that because that was the first one in season two. Two. Um. And they're animated by El Garay. Yeah. Um. I think Sith was. I, I liked it because I liked how they incorporated the art style as part of the story of the character. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Lola, the former Sith apprentice, and how she. It took her going through this to realize that she has to embrace the dark and the light because she's trying to get the light in all of her art by completely eliminating the dark, which doesn't work because the dark always comes back. So I loved how they it was about her finding the balance between the dark and the light and you reflects in her saber later in the ep in the in the episode and just a unique animation style, some very cool character designs. And definitely I'm just gonna say it, it's the one use of art, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, it makes me go, you know, if you had this and you applied its use to, say, a sort of, oh, I don't know, Mandalorian with an art degree, um, then I probably would have liked it better in Rebels. Yeah, I, 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 I could see that. But... Now, now well, I reserve to change that opinion when we see the older use of it in Ahsoka. Yeah, no, well, like I said, um, we'll see, but I mean, for this, it reflected not, because I really truly feel it reflected not only the culture of where it was coming from, yeah. but it gave us a very unique and cool look at Star Wars, and I think it was, it would, it just, it, it was different, but it fit, and yeah, I think, I think they did a phenomenal job with it. It did. So that leads us to our second vision, which was uh, Screech's Reach, done by the very popular Cartoon Saloon, who's done several very big projects that have um, made, made headways, including The Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea, and Wolf Walkers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know this one was very popular with a lot of people in it. Um, I have to admit, I don't... I personally, for me, I don't know if Cartoon Saloon's style best fits Star Wars, but th I thought this was a very powerful episode, Episode, especially with how it ends. And also, this is one of the first episodes of Visions that had some real name power with the voice acting, because you had Angelica Houston voicing the Sith Mother. Mm -hmm. And I do love the aspect, one of the aspects I, I, I really liked about this was how her one how our main character's um, dolls, one friend says, it doesn't matter why, what, what the opportunity is, if you have the opportunity to get out of here, take it. Well, she took it all right, and it was definitely, at least from the appearances, headed towards a dark path. Uh, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> so. So what did you, what, I'm curious, David, what did you think of this one? I, th I thought it was really good. Again, I didn't think the animation style of that one in particular uh, fit, right? So like like you, it took me a while to adjust to it, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, it kind of was like, if you go back to Star Wars Visions Volume 1, right? It was very much that same reaction to you know the episode that had the the um, the the 
the rocking group of kids and yeah. it was mm-hmm. on it was on Tatooine because apparently everything on Star Wars comes back to Tatooine. Even if you're on another planet that still looks like Tatooine, it's just weird. Um Yeah, I know. But you know, so it kinda of felt like that. It was that weird sort of wait what what am I watching? And with uh Visions Volume Two, it was a bit of a to me it felt like a bit of a, a a reconnect from my brain. Especially after how Sith was just so uh animatrixy, beautifully mind melting. Yeah. Right? Um, and really, you know, it was mind melting because that saber fight in in that sort of style. Uh, more of that, please. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, but yeah. what I find interesting too is one of this is one of the ones I found interesting is our next one, which is in the stars, uh, animated by Punk Robot. Yeah. Um. This was definitely a little one that was aiming more for the kid, a little bit more of the kid audience. With uh, it, had the cute, it had the cute factor in it. I I like some of the concepts of this, but the problem with this one was there was a lot of just common sense stuff that they threw out the window in their storytelling. Yeah, no, yeah, just sort of basic paint by numbers common sense stuff. Yeah, like I like the acts. To me, the biggest thing was is like, okay, so they free the water, but it goes all into the polluted water. What's going on there? Right. But, I mean, I, there's some concepts in this I liked. I really liked the animation style, but I do think this was an episode that was aimed more to get the heartwarming of the kids than it was the adults, which is fine, and you need that in Star Wars, but... Right, I, yeah, yeah, and if you ask me, Star Wars, just across the board, not just Visions, needs to do that in whatever medium they're telling their story in. Yeah, but it, it to me it was one of those ones that was there. It was okay and move along. Yeah. And in this case, the move along goes to the within, without a doubt the funnest episode of this season of Star Wars Visions. Of course, Ardman Entertainment with "I Am Your Mother." I look okay. I'm gonna say I probably love this one the most uh, because I am a big, big, big big huge fan of Wallace and Gromit. Oh yeah, and uh, just Ardman, anything Ardman touches I'm, I'm I'm in. Yeah, plus, can I be honest with you? Mhm. I find it I find it really really funny that um it takes this kind of weird canon divorce corner of Star Wars to get Dennis Lawson to actually care. Well, let's let's talk about that because yeah. that was one of the big things with this was Dennis Lawson coming back to voice Wedge. Dennis has kind of re reinserted himself in Star Wars. He went to the last celebration, ha- had a wonderful time there. Spoke. Well, it was guilt. also in his it was also in his neighborhood, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but he still had an amazing time and commented about how it was so different than what he expected. Yeah, and how great the fans were. And that he would definitely be interested in coming, attending future conventions. But yeah, this I, one is honestly, just. Honestly, I think you and uh, got the bug going for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
this one though, this one is just fun. It's Ardman, you don't so you know you're getting quality stop motion work here. Oh, absolutely, here. yeah. And, and I mean, and can I say a better use of and you and I, you and I covered this on one of our spinoff shows, so I'm just going to bring it up briefly. All right. Okay. Um, but a better use of pod racing than one episode of uh, a particular show where I'm like. You could have done without that episode and maybe had 15 episodes instead of 16. Yeah. But but with, with with this one, it's just, it's so much fun. You have Wedge and Tilly's. You've got a great, fun, heartwarming story with a mother and daughter. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those ones you need to go rewatch because there's so much going on in the background of it because it's an Ardman production. One of my favorite shots is there's a store that they show, and it's things Luke has touched. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like um, it's almost like when you know uh, 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 Mario's Mario's uh, being guided around by Toad. There's so many things in the background. It's the same thing here, where I'm like, "Ooh, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that!" Yeah, yeah. Basi- basically, that is my my theater house reaction of every fan at a convention store. Oh, look at that, 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 look at that. Yeah. No, I I agree, but no, I Am Your Mother was a ton of fun and definitely in my top three of this season of Visions. It was, yeah. Now, up next was actually one that I was very high on as well, done by Studio Mir, who has definitely done some big things in the recent. They did The Legend of Korra, mm-hmm. um, the fourth season of the boondocks and also probably one of the bigger things in a while too where they did the voltron legendary defender series for netflix oh oh that was them yeah yeah uh, you know i and shame it was on netflix because it means it was short-lived Oh, actually, it had, I think it had three full seasons on it no i know but this is netflix so you're lucky to get three yeah, well, they got they told the story, but and it was very well done. I was I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of Voltron Legendary Defender. No, I agree. Um, I agree. I love Voltron. I mean, yeah. you know, I uh, it's the one property where I'm I'm still crossing my live action movie fingers, going somebody get this right. Yeah. Well, in this too, Journey to Darkhead, they got it right because I love this one. Um, a, a little bit of. Uh, voice acting power here too uh daniel day kim um yeah uh, voiced um by chan in this. yep i um, spotted him immediately and i love this one this one this one of course feels because of the studio that did it and the way the story was told this one just felt like right out of season one of season one of visions it did yeah 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 and i really liked this there was a there's a very much a theme that has run through most of these episodes of visions of light versus dark and this one obviously had that too, and how you have to have both. And this one is a de- another example of it with these two statues that help with the foretelling abilities. But you need the dark side as much as you need the light side. Mm-hmm. And I think the animation in this was beautiful. The fight sequence was fantastic. You know, you bring up you need the dark side as much as you need the light side. And I'm going to just tell you, when we get to later on in the program, our... Talking about uh, the movies, right? 
Mm -hmm. Um, I think that concept is going to be more tackled than uh, people are thinking right now, but I'll I'll get into that later. But no, I love Journey into the Dark Head, David. Like I said, it's it's in my top three. Journey into the Dark Head was great. I look, I I really hope they take concepts like Journey into the Dark Head and Ninth Jedi, uh, and you could revisit those in the Star Wars Vision Season 3, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could uh, take those concepts, massage it, work with it, play with it a little bit, and really come up with something um, you know, special out of it. Because honestly, I'd watch a I'd watch an expanded movie about either of those two concepts. Yeah, well, I'm gonna say too the next one might be my number one, and it's for sure my biggest surprise, and that is the Spy Dancer by Studio Lachette from in, from France. Oh, dude. <laughs> This one, I wasn't sure what to expect with this one. Being Dude, from France, France that, was a little weird with their animation. But this, that, that one was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was the by, in my opinion, by far the best story. And this is the one, much like season one with the Ninth Jedi. This is the one I want to see the story continue. I know, I know, I know, and you know, I I'm just gonna say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is how I felt watching Spy Dancer, so I apologize if I go completely left field and call out another franchise, all right? Okay. But, all right, Ballerina, that John Wick spinoff thing, you know, you, mm-hmm. got, you got your work cut out for you for, for a better reaction from me after an episode like Spy Dancer from uh, uh, Star Wars Visions Volume 2. You got your work cut out for a better reaction from me, because my God, this was gorgeous. Uh, it was gorgeous. The story was just incredible. It was phenomenal, dude. I it mean, had, had like, a lot of that World War II style feel of rebellion. With right, it. it did. It did. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, how, how is, how is Star Wars experimenting with something like this? Furthermore, and. You and I have talked verbatim both on mic and off about this, Kyle. How is Star Wars not experimenting with more stuff like this? Yeah, and this this was phenomenal. This is this gets the what I call the Ninth Jedi Award as the one that I need to see more of. It does, yeah, it does. It definitely it definitely is one of those where I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you, but the next one is one that I thought was very solid, very beautifully animated. And I think really, too, was probably the one that really, more than any of the others, reflected the background of the country it came from, with mm-hmm. the bandits of Golak coming from India. Um, Animation-wise, this was good. I thought this was a very solid story. Yeah. It took some directions I was not expecting it to take. And this is another one I wouldn't have a problem if they revisited this to tell more of this story. Yeah, I I would have to I would have to tangentially agree. I mean, it wasn't after the phenomenal reaction of of uh, the Spy Dancer, which I'm just like, wow, that 
floored me so much so that I had to watch it twice to be like, what the hell did I just do? Um, it was just phenomenal. But this one had a bit of a lighter reaction for me, but I would tangentially agree with you on, on uh, you know, just as a, well, maybe not just as good as Spy Dancer, but, you know, right out there as far as the, what are you doing in there reaction? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, and like I said, I, I think this, this this season of Vision is very much reflected the, the different countries it came from, but I really think the bandits of Golak really strongly it did, it did the influence now, of the country it came from. Right. Now, overall, and I want to touch on this before we move on to our next two issues, but I, I just want to ask, did this season overall of Star Wars Visions feel like something more broad than just say the trying to appease a Japanese market which honestly for a franchise that's been around as long as Star Wars has always had a bit of an issue trying to do market wise um, which I find a little strange and that's how Visions Volume 1 came off to me where it was like Try, almost trying to appease or give an olive branch to uh, um, a Japanese market that they can't quite seem to crack. I'm not going to go that far with Visions. But, I mean, it definitely helped, but I think Visions was also inspired by some well, stuff. But, that been... but what I'm saying is it almost seemed like that because this one was more broad, you know, all animation across no, I th- the board. I think... I think what they did was I think Vision, they went with the anime route because they knew that was probably the safest route to go as far as animation styles. When they had knew they had a hit on their hands with Vision season one, then they right, right, yeah, expand out in season two. And speaking of expanding out, um, that brings us to episode eight, The Pit, which um, came from a comp- combination of Lucasfilm and a studio in Africa. And this one, this one also I thought very, it was a very interesting tale. Um, this one was a little harder to watch. This one was pretty heavy. Uh, surprisingly. Um, I'm going to say, though, for, for it was heavy, but it was, and while it was good and had some very poignant things to me, to me this was probably on my lower end of the barrel because I just felt like it was kind of there. Um, yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, it was just kind of there. I mean, uh, great, great voice acting work by David Diggs in this, in the, in this particular one. Um, like I said, it's a very powerful story, but it just it was one of those things that's like, okay, I've watched it. I don't know if I would be something I would revisit in a watch of Vision Seasons. You know, I'm I'm just going to say, because I didn't realize, but, you know, who that was, but you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Considering he voiced, uh, you know, a certain a certain Sebastian, he probably just walked around, walked across the lot to Lucasfilm and just, you know, slapped down some vocals. Yeah, I... Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, but no, I mean, if, I mean, they are they do share the same lot space, basically. Yeah. So, well, but it was it was it was good. It was there, but the next one was the one that this one got me right in the old heart. I, I, it might not have been the best of them, but I love this one. Ow's song by Triggerfish. I mean, one the animation is just beautiful. I. It's got the cute factor going on to it with an, 
I think is a very heartwarming story. And I just, this, this, this one was like, yep, this is the one that this is for everybody. This is for the kids. This is for the adults. This is one parents can watch with their kids together. I really like Al song. Yeah, no, I would have to agree. It was definitely a sort of everybody episode, which, you know, um, Landed differently, I will say, than than how uh, Volume One ended. Oh yeah, Volume One, Volume One definitely ended on a much different note. But this, I mean, this one was just—it was sweet. It made you feel good. You love this. I I, I love the characters. I love the character designs. This, mm-hmm. this this one, this this one made you feel like you were going out on a high note, and and just a very fun and caring note. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So. Again, I think for me, when it's all said and done, I think Star Wars Visions from top to bottom is more solid than Season 1 of Visions. It's not quite as all over the... Where the highs in Season 1 of Vision were really high, but I thought the lows in Season 1 of Visions were kind of low. This one never had one that just made me go, oh my god, this, I'm, I don't think... I, I just don't know, but I think this one represented itself very well, and I think to I think the Visions experiment and I've said this before on other shows the Visions experiment is something that every all the creative at Star Wars needs to look at and go wait a minute these are amazing stories being told outside of any realm of Star Wars we know Yep. and people seem to really like it maybe we need to be looking at what we're doing here and applying it to our live action as well uh, it'd, be, it'd be a nice idea like I said you know the the ninth Jedi and Journey to Darkhead, and maybe if you took the one with the the two siblings, the the light and dark that was in season one. Yep. Um, what was that one called again? Um, was it the twins? The twins, yeah. If you took the ninth Jedi and Journey to Darkhead and inserted the twins in the middle of it. That would be a great, great, uh, you know, live-action theatrical movie if you applied the same thing to it. Yeah, I, I think, I think for me too, what I'm hoping, David, is that we do get it. I, I, I'm feeling good that we'll get a season three of Visions. I have heard rumors that a volume three is in the works. What I am really, truly hoping with volume three is volume three. Maybe we get a couple new ones. But the volume three is the volume they decide, okay, let's revisit some of the stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Revisit uh, the Ninth Jedi. Like, what happened next? Give us another Ronin tale. Give us... Yeah, and you know Give what? Give us a continuation of the Spy Dance. You know what? I, I know Star Wars loves books, mm-hmm. but could we not... Could we... I, I, look, I'm just going to say I'd be okay if we... You know, um, uh, visited the books less. Oh, well, I think that's again where vision you know, works. So you far. know, what I mean, kind of like a like a stories told in Star Wars. Uh, yeah. it, I, I know this is what the franchise loves to do. I mean, look, you have uh, you know um, uh, Shadow of the Sith, for instance, and you know, very sort of you know, fills in pieces, makes you feel warm and fuzzy and a little better about watching episode 9. Not that, not that I needed to, because I got everything I wanted, but whatever. 
So I know this franchise does that. Okay? What I'm saying is, I would like it. I would prefer. And this is the guy who, um, you know, has collected all the books. Still has the books from his from the Legends days. Okay? The sacred Jedi text, as it were. Um, but, you know, I... And yes, Yoda, they were page turners. Mm. But I I will just say, as a guy who still has all that, right, and gets the new books, I'd be okay if you made the switch of doing the, some Star Wars books less than what you're doing. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. But, you know, that's what makes, I think, Vision so great is that it's original storytelling. It's mm-hmm. not tying itself into anything other than some ideas, and it's, it's just going and letting us go in different directions of Star Wars. And right. I think that's it's it so letting phenomenal. other countries play with Star Wars versus, you know, when George was so closed off that the only ones he, they let near Star Wars were the people he could actually get because he uh, dropped out. He was... He dropped out of being a member of any of the guilds. Yeah. And I only say that because he couldn't get his number one choice for Jedi, which was Steven. Well, like I said, I think Visions is a great change of pace for Star Wars and a great change of pace for Star Wars fans. So if you have not not had a chance to go watch season two of Star Wars Visions, go do it. You're you're doing yourself a disservice if you have it and just enjoy it for the ride because it's a very fun ride. And I hope this is a project that does keep going because I think it's one of the best things that Star Wars is doing right now. Absolutely. I, I would have to 100% agree. Uh, well, maybe 50%. I'm, I'm kind of saving myself for a bit of uh, this this show in August that's going to me melt like a fangirl. And, and... Oh, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm geared up for Ahsoka too. I just... <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, it hasn't hit yet. So right now, stuff I know. Right no, no, I know, I know. I, I, I'm putting, I'm looking at my big Rebels premium format figure right now, and she, and she's giving me that face. I'm like, yes, it's okay. I hear you, it's okay. like you here. I saw it myself. She has special powers. Can you get your porta potty off the starting line? She's a total <laughs> Exactly. Don't be afraid. May the force be with you. It's showtime. The storm is approaching. I can fight them. I'm strong enough now. No one is stronger than them. We can beat them! No! You there! Hold it! 
cannot choose where our calling takes us. Only whether or not to answer. Let's talk about, and you know this better than I do, being you being closer to Disney than I am. I mean, hell, the reason they don't put a Disneyland in Indiana, call it Hooserland, you could only ride the rides like once a, once every few years because the weather is shit out here. It's either raining, snowing, or so hot that Hoosers are melting. So, I guess... Florida will have to do. So, Kyle, I'm going to have you lead off with um, talking about the interesting transition, because we haven't haven't really gone over this on on one of the regular shows, from a Bob to Bob, a tale of two Bobs, um, because it's a very interesting story, and it might lead to some interesting topics to discuss so please if you will take it away so yeah well, um, obviously the big one of the biggest things that happened in disney within the last year was the return of bob Iger to the controls of the disney plat- platform um, bob chapek who did not sit well with a lot of people no, getting ousted not. and we're seeing i think we're starting to see now it's been about a year maybe a little less and bob Iger's kind of been able to assess the land and now he's starting to make some changes and get things squared away um a lot of it is budgetary too there's a lot of things going on right now that are affecting disney as well as many other um studios in hollywood and different things but mm-hmm. um disney is in a very interesting place right now the stock's the lowest one is that one of the lowest points it's been in a good while um they haven't had a huge hit on their hand. Well, let me show it. Avatar was huge, obviously. Right. But they, outside of Avatar, they have not had the success they've been hoping to have with some of their films. Now, it looks like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to end up doing big numbers for them. On the Marvel side, um, a lot of people loved Andor. There's been kind of mixed thoughts about Mandalorian Season 3 by a lot of fans. Mostly me. Mm. And well, and I mean, so there's there, there's things going on, including one of the biggest things to happen since Iger took in is the closing of the Galactic Star Cruiser here in Orlando, which a surprise to no one. Yeah, not at five thousand dollars a pop for two people for two nights. Right, because I'm sorry, you're you're basically closing a highly overpriced. LARPing hot box and you're and for two nights. I'm sorry. Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, but a a place you go where you're basically LARPing or cosplaying, if you wanna really call it that, you know, LARPing, cosplaying, same idea. But and instead of two nights, we have, you know, uh, three, sometimes four. Uh, Kyle, don't we call that a celebration? Well, I, so here's the, here's the thing with the Galactic Star Cruiser. And th- this is my personal view on it. 
All right. I think the concept was a very interesting idea. It was. It was. But I think it's one of the most. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna let loose here a little bit. Sure. I think Disney's handling of the Star Wars property in their parks and with the Star Galactic Star Cruiser has not been their best work. I think the Galactic Star Cruiser, while a great and very intriguing idea, the fact that they limited it to 100 rooms and to the point where there was such an immersive experience, they had to charge this incredible rate for it. And you add in the fact that we're coming out of the pandemic, the way the economy is. Right. It just it was not the time for something like this, and they could have done something better. Yeah. I love Galaxy's Edge. There's aspects I absolutely love about it. But Disney time-locked themselves so hard into Galaxy's Edge. It's ridiculous. And one of the biggest problems I have had with Disney in the parks since they have acquired the Star Wars license is that they have put so much focus on the Disney-made Star Wars product and not included the classic Star Wars pro- products, things from the original trilogy, things from the prequel trilogy. It's And it's it's very obvious, and it's, it's I think, one of the biggest misses Disney has had to not put a little more involvement of the prequel and the original trilogy into these parks. See, I, I would have to agree. Um, uh, I, I will say this, right? Especially with the idea of uh, prequel inclusion in the parks. Um, I'm sorry. I haven't been there in a while, but I've been to Florida. You know, uh, how would having a Mustafar theme park be any different than the sun beating down on you in Florida in general? Yeah, no, I get, I get, no, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it wouldn't yeah. be any different. Now, if you had a a, a Taboca City Camino uh, themed water park, I get that because yeah. half of Florida in general could use a nice, oh, um, let's just say, although Camino is much more than that, but let's just say spritzing. Yeah. No. Um. I said. So I, you, you know, see what I mean. So I find yeah, no. it too very funny. Yeah. No. I, I. I. get. I get where you're coming from. But. Yeah. I just. Really, I really think Disney dropped the ball in that aspect of it, and I think they're yeah, starting I, to figure I, it I out. I agree. I mean, look, the movies are a different um, discussion altogether, and I see it as you know, uh, Disney was the Disney is the deeper pockets than George could even pull off. Uh, ergo, Lucasfilm has more movie work in front of it than it does behind it. So well, that, I agree. That's I agree I, but... Well, but that's why I leave that, okay? Well, yeah, so but, I just I wanted to bring that up about the parks because I think that's still so, uh, very much a work in progress. No, I agree, but looking solely at the parks, I would have to 100% agree where I'm like, what are you doing? Because, and I will say this right now, and you can timestamp it, all right? If I were to, say, fly out to Florida and meet up with you and Matt, right? I'd be the first to say, let's go to Avengers Campus. We don't even have Avengers Campus in Florida. Wait, what? No. There is no Marvel. There is no Avengers Campus in Florida because... Damn it. 
but there's a reason for it. There's a, and this this goes back to the old oh yeah um, rights issues. There is a contract in place with Universal Studios because part of Universal's Islands of Adventure is Marvel Islands. That oh that's right I forgot. Oh, and all what right, it, all right, never so, mind, never mind. It, it gets complicated, but let's just say it's really weird because Marvel Island has to stay locked as it is. They can't make changes to it. So when you go to Marvel Island, the Islands of Adventure, you're very much in a 90s Marvel setting. You mean Captain America with that really crappy-looking suit? Well, the, yeah, a bunch, of, a bunch of different things. Oh, Jesus Christ. So... So you you've got you've got that you got you got some other things but anyway all right all right so I go visit you guys while well, Toronto rap yeah there you go yes. um here here here's 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 the thing though too as far as the Star Wars as far as how what else has been going on with Disney sure. obviously Disney has been making some budgetary decisions as well right the writer strike is a is a, is a factor in all of this but yeah I, I look how. I think we're seeing right now the effect of the changeover definitely affecting Marvel more than Star Wars at the moment. And I only say that because Oh, Marvel definitely has... affecting Marvel more at the moment. But And the reason why I say that, though, is because Marvel had so much more in the hamper, shall we say, yeah. that was cooking in the crock pot that now and that they're getting not, it. Let's not forget another thing affecting Marvel at the moment, a pretty major issue, if you ask me. Which is... Jonathan. Oh well, yeah, that's that, that that's a whole other other thing. But I thought the word major would have just clued you. Yeah, in. no, I get I get where you're coming from, but <laughs> but right now, right now, I, I think mean, you it's, know, it's a pretty big deal. It's a small, it's a smaller issue in Disney's larger issues, but it's still a big issue when you consider Marvel tinged this whole entire phase on this guy. Well, and I think that I think that boils down to a Chapek decision at the time. No, and I don't okay, think it's a decision yeah. that I I don't think it's a decision Iger would have made, where they put all the focus, where they tie themselves to one person. Well, now a wait thing. a minute, please elaborate. I the rumors are obviously I've I've read the articles that Majors, who is a phenomenal actor, I'm not he going is. to take, take his abilities away from him, was so impressive on the set of Loki and what they saw and what they were getting from the dailies from Quantumania that they were like, yep, he's our villain. He's, we're going all in on this. The pro the problem with this aspect of it was, was that when you commit to somebody so heavily mm -hmm. coming out of the gate and making them the centerpiece of your plans like this on a huge scale. Yeah. It's it's there's there's always risk factors. There's always some. What if they get in an accident? What if something goes wrong? Right. What, what if they beat up a woman? You know that kind of thing. Well, yeah. And Jonathan yeah. Majors has got himself accused of things and possibly in a very bad situation. I'm 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 waiting for the jerk. I, I I'm waiting for all the facts to get out. Let it have, let him do his day in court. Every person is do their day in court. Oh yeah. And let me just add for people listening, do not try to compare this to, uh, you know, the Ezra Miller situation. Because... Or, or don't even try to compare it to the Johnny Depp as 
um, Amber Heard stuff. No, because if you try to compare it to either one of those that are vastly different in contrast from each other, you're just being an idiot. Yeah. Now, well, one day we'll get into the Jonathan Major stuff once more facts come out. So. Right, yeah. I, I just wanted to touch on it briefly because... Yeah. You know, I, I'm like, I'm sorry, Marvel. No studio should be hinging uh, its whole entire anything on one guy. Oh, but you, but you did, but every studio does it. Come on. Um, I mean, hell, look, look at it through a Star Wars lens, okay? If if they hinged everything on, um, you know, Darth Vader, the one single voice would have been. Dave Prowse. That was horrible. It was horrible. Look, he filled the physique, but his voice was terrible in the dailies. Finding the right voice for Darth Vader was another challenge. And action! Lucas had never intended to use the on-set vocal performance of David Prowse. Start tearing this ship apart piece by piece until you found those tapes. Find the passengers of this vessel. I want them alive! I can still hear David Prowse's accent in the Darth Vader mask muffled, because he would do the real dialogue. He's trying to curse Carrie Fisher or something. Thank you. Now what you're talking I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic... You mission. are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. It was hilarious and terrifying at the same time, because we didn't know what Darth sound like. That was the first time we heard him. We're like, is that it? Is it going to be some Scottish guy, or what is this? Prowse's voice would later be replaced with a more menacing performance, provided by classically trained stage and film actor James Earl Jones. George had hired David Prowse, but he said he wanted a so-called darker voice, and not, not in terms of ethnic, but in terms of um, timbre. And the rumor is that he thought of Orson Welles, uh, and then probably thought that Orson might be too recognizable. So what he ends up is picking a, a voice that was born in Mississippi, raised in Michigan, and was a stutterer. And uh, that happened to be my voice. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take it away! So... Well, okay, so let's use Star Wars as an example. Okay. Let, let's, and uh, this is going to be painful, and I'm, it's painful for me too, but <laughs> look, look how much there are key factors that they banked on with Carrie Fisher. Yeah. For, for the sequel trilogy. Yeah. We had disaster happen, and look what happened. Mm-hmm. So you have to plan contingencies, and the one thing that Marvel has a little bit of a doubt with, should Jonathan, Jonathan Major Singh go completely nuclear, is it's a character that they can change out the actor and have and explain it in a way that makes well, sense. Well, but Kyle, the one caveat there is it's is, is extraordinarily different because the disaster with Carrie was she died. Right, I understand the that. The disaster but... with Jonathan was he was he had, he is a supposed idiot. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm reserving judgment, but yeah, what I'm, I'm just saying, saying though, you can't equate the two because they are vastly different. Well, but others. but you can you can equate the two in this aspect is that the ending result means that neither actor is probably going 
Terry obviously was not going to be able to play the role, and I doubt Jonathan Majors would play the role. Right. And all, all I'm saying is the difference here is is that with the character Jonathan Majors play, is playing, there are easy outs to change the actor out. I would imagine a lot of people have been waiting to hear, what are we doing with Star Wars movies? We're exploring a lot of different storylines that will span the past, the present, and the future. We came up with kind of an incredible story to tell about the dawning of the Force. Yeah, I'm just excited I can get to make a movie. He gets to make a movie? Who would like to meet the Jedi Master? I'm very thrilled to be continuing this journey. I don't think Star Wars, I, I don't think on the TV side of Star Wars or on even right now, the movie side of Star Wars, we've seen the full effect of the transition back to Bob Iger. No, we haven't. Not yet. No. I think it's coming, but it's going to be interesting because I think that there's been announcements with Star Wars that. I'm not convinced they're 100% going to happen. Well, not with this writer's strike going on. Well, obviously, the writer's strike is a big aspect of this. But I, 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 want, I wonder, I do wonder about how they will play out. And I think that kind of kind of transitions us into, David, is talking about the other big piece of Star Wars. That I our, think our, does, third issue, our third issue, our third issue, yeah. which is the announcement of the three films that they're saying, these are locks, these are going to happen. And I'm going to be honest with you, David, on all three of them, I have reason to pause. I have reason to pause on one, and I will tell you why. Okay, I'm listening. I'm I'm very excited for him. You know what, Dave supports a fellow Dave, so yay team. But with, with the timetable of the shows... And I think we get more shows. I think that Filoni movie is... I think it will happen. But I do not think it's 2026. Well, okay. So so let's start there. Well, obviously, we got the announcement that, yes, Dave Filoni is going to direct a film mm-hmm. that's the top, that will resolve everything. Now, it's I will say I'm excited for, obviously, for Dave... Right? You know, fellow mm-hmm. Dave, what I was saying, yay team, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm excited because this is this is Dave's chance to show what he can do that's not under the goddamn thumb of George Lucas. Because let's be honest, that Clone Wars movie was not... I mean, Dave was in a vastly different place than he is now, okay? Yeah. Well, let's just lay that out. But that Clone Wars movie was not a good example of what uh, right. this Filoni guy could be. Well, okay, so let, let's talk about a couple of things with the film that Dave is supposedly working on. Obviously, right. there's a lot of people who feel that it's going to be heir to the Empire, and that he's basically going to tell that story. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. I think he's going to take elements of that story and work it in with the characters he's got. He's going to take elements of it, sure. So and, you got that. And hopefully, can I just say this, age-appropriate actor elements, not this kind of, you know, deep fake, you know, create okay. the illusion that you're seeing something that, you know, time robbed you of. No, so, I don't want to see that. 
so here here's the other here but here is here is ultimately my concern with this particular product. One is the rider strike. Yeah, that's my that's the overall concern with all of them. And I also think though too with this project, I think this is a movie and I this is where I'm about to send you through the roof, so I'm just forewarning you now. No, go ahead. I'm sitting down, it's fine. Because of the fact that Everything that's going to be in this movie has been stuff that's been built through Disney Plus. I could see Disney going, okay, this is a day and date release simultaneous in the theater on Disney Plus release. Okay, that that's a concern. But if, if Disney values Filoni at all, they will not do that to him. Well, I, I think I think they value Filoni, but I also think they value the aspect. Not if they do that, then. Well, let me let me finish. Let me finish my thought. Okay. Because this whole universe has been built through Disney Plus, and with the uncertainty of the writer strike and everything like that, I could easily see that as something that would happen, and uh, and because it's kind of the ultimate. A ultimate achievement of something they did through Disney Plus. See, I'm kind of torn on that because, on the one hand, I'm of two minds about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the second part is obviously tied into what's about to happen in a couple months. But uh, on the one hand, I'm just like, okay, fine, you know, start where you, or finish where you started, right? Um, <laughs> but it'd be cooler to have Dave Filoni be more of a broad name than just the, 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 I know everybody thinks it's large, but it isn't the tiny sort of fan niche that, uh, we know Filoni as cause it's in our circles. You mentioned Dave Filoni, the average person, they're not, they're going to go who, right? Oh, but. Yeah, I, so, I agree with you. So I would love to see just Polone graduate from neat to that. Okay. Well, I think, but I think it's going to take more than this first movie to do that. But it, that's is, it is, it is, but it would start the ball rolling on that. Yeah. Uh, Here, but, but, but here's no, the other no, reason. Let why. me finish. Let me finish. The other side of that is why I'm torn about what you suggest, right? Mm-hmm is look my i've made peace with it but my difficulty is see is seeing my girl ahsoka not on a big screen where i should be seeing her i should be seeing her okay i and i'm not talking the animated days i'm talking where we are now all right because I am far more a fan now than I ever was before. Sorry, kids. That's true. All of it. But, so I'm talking about seeing her on the big screen now. That's that's how I feel I should be going into this with Ahsoka, right? But, so if Dave's doing a movie that's culminating all of this stuff, right? Mandalorian, Ahsoka... Skeleton crew, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, all, all of it, 
if he's doing a movie for that and Ahsoka's in there part of my heart is like so you're t so you're saying there's a chance you're saying that it's possible I could see my girl on the big screen well, I'm, like and I said. damn it Disney if you rob me of that I am going to be very inconsolable well, but what I'm what I'm saying is you will get that but what they're going to do is the same day it comes out in theaters they're going to put it on Disney Plus I'm sorry then you just become as stupid as any other streaming service the last two years well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I, I'm not ruling out that possibility. No, I'm I think... not ruling it either. I'm putting it in a very, very distant back shelf, because honestly, yes, do I acknowledge that's real? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a very real possibility. But at the same time, Kyle, it would be really, really dumb to do well, that. Look, they, they, they literally just changed, changed their most popular show. Because they wanted, and I think did damage to it, because they were more concerned about the marketing of a particular character than not. And which one are you referring to? I'm referring to the fact that it's pretty much been put out there now that it's... Season 3 of Mandalorian was drastically changed because the, the marketing people and the money people wanted more Grogu. Mm, yes. Yeah, so, they wanted, I, I, wanted to change it into more of the what I hated about season one and two. So, so what what I'm all I'm saying is is that there's a little bit on the Star Wars side that I'm wondering. I get a little bit worried about who is ultimately calling the final shots there. Right. But here here's the other here's my other theory <laughs> on why. Can I mention one thing with Mandalorian season three? What's that? I found it funny and it, and laughed a bit. That uh, Pedro Pascal basically confirmed what we've known since day one. Oh, yeah. He's only the voice. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm just like, I'm sorry. Can we get a, a Mando that actually commits? Oh, well, no. I think I, I get it because especially when they with, with what they did in season three with a lot of the stunt work and fight work the Mando did, it made oh, sense. Oh, I get it, too. But you know what? The... I'm sorry, the stunt guy should have more praise than Pedro at this oh, point. Oh, and that, he, Pedro's the first one to give him their praise. So I'm talking to everybody. I'm not just talking Pedro. I'm talking to everybody. Well, I think, but I think I think you saw that a lot more in this, in this season of The Mandalorian too. Because if you look, both both the actors, both the stuntmen were named in the credits at the top of the credits. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not talking the show. The show's doing exactly the right move. I'm talking the fandom where they don't do the right move. You and I both know that. Well, I, that's that's a that's a different topic, but yeah, it is a very different topic. So, so, but, but the other point I want to make about why I'm a little concerned about Dave's project too is because while we're hearing great things about Ahsoka, uh, we're not hearing so many great things about Xylos and Crew. Yeah, I'm just going to say this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, look, have I been more excited for John for all three of John Watts' Spider-Mans? I'd probably be more uh, jazzed about uh, his uh, Star Wars show. I'm, I'm just not. I, I enjoyed No Way Home. That was about it. Oh. 
there's some good, some very good directors on that skeleton crew directors list, but there I've is. There I've is. Heard some story, Peter I've heard Ramsey some and Bryce Dallas Howard. I've heard some stories of issues on the set and things like that. So we'll see. I'm not. I'm not. Res- I'm not making a judgment based off of what I've heard. I want to see it when it comes out, but right. I'm just yeah, hearing. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I hear, and and let's let's be honest too. I think another big thing that's kind of a possible monkey wrench in this is that there's a thing called Andor season two that's going to be coming out, and if Andor season two has the kind of reaction that season one did, are 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 there going to be a lot of people who are like, yeah, I really don't want to see the wrap up before and stuff. Because they're so enamored with what's happening with Andor. Wait, uh, say that again. The success of Andor season of season one and what could be the success of Andor season two could take a little bit of the hype off of Filoni's movie project. How? Because I think it affected even Mandalorian season three. And we've ta- I've talked about this. Mm. There is an there is an after effect of what people got from Andor season one. And that more people are more and more wanting their Star Wars to be more like that than what we what, what they got in Mandalorian season three. Right. Now, granted, I'm excited for Soka. I think we're going to get something from Ahsoka that's different than anything else we've gotten in Star Wars. But what I'm saying is is that the success of Andor could unintentionally victimize the success of other things in Star Wars. Possibly, but I will say with the WGA uh, card in play, Mm -hmm. right, I do not think 2024 that Andor Season 2 comes out at all. Well, except except Andor isn't being that affected by the WGA card as of yet. I know that the production has slowed down. Well, it was affected because Tony has ceased on work on it, hasn't he? Yeah. So I'm just saying, but I'm so just saying. So it was affected in that way. Yeah. So I'm just saying, as far as the Filoni project goes, I, I my prediction is it will it will definitely be in the theaters. It's just a matter of is it going to be streaming at the same time it's in the theaters, or are they going to let it ride in the theaters? Well. And then they, well, we're not going to know until we get to that point. Right. No. Yeah. Definitely. Um. I, I would have to agree. I do not necessarily agree on uh, Andor Season 2 lampooning its hype. I mean, that... Kyle, Un- Kyle... Unintentionally. Kyle, I love you, brother. I love... I, I respect your opinions, but that one just sounds... To me, it falls a little flat right now. Oh, I think, I think, I think that people's... What people got out of Andor Season 1 did affect how some people viewed things in The Mandalorian. Well, it it definitely affected me how I watched The Mandalorian because <laughs> I wanted good out of season three and I got it as far as Bo-Katan, but uh, as far as Mando, I'm like, what did he do? Yeah, well, well, like I said, that's neither here nor there because I want I want to talk about because we have two other movie projects that have been announced. Yep. So which one do you want to start with? Let's talk about the Ope Bechinoy. I think I'm saying her name right. Um, okay, you know how with at the beginning of the show we were talking about Star Wars Visions and uh, I was talking about the Night Jedi, the twins, and Journey to the Dark Head? Yep. If you took those concepts, right, 
and sort of played with it, played with them around a bit, molded it like clay and so on. That would be the a great basis for uh, a, a live action movie, right? Now, the same can be said here, applying the lessons from those episodes. And you know, I look. I I I have a feeling they don't want to say it, but this is basically gonna be an episode ten. Let's be honest basically is but uh what i will say is i have thought since 2019 that the perfect way to have that sort of light and dark inner conflict right kind of a thing is mm -hmm. to have that be in ray herself right to have that be uh you know the blood she is you know not the name she takes, but the blood she is. And, and you know, because I have always said for a long time, blood gets you here. You know, what you do beyond that is a different story. But blood gets you here. So I'm just like, you take those Visions episodes, you know, the twins, uh, Night Jedi, and Journey to Darkhead, you you add the add the lessons from those three episodes to that you take my little concept of that you know work them all together that's that's a pretty damn good uh uh basis for a star wars movie if if i don't say so myself so okay so i'm gonna talk about why I can see this movie not coming out right now with any star Wars movie project until I have a trailer with a launch date. I'm not believing it's happening. Dude, dude. Okay. You gotta keep in mind. That's not just star Wars. That's also Marvel because as long as the WGA card is in play, everything's affected. Here. Right. But, but I think this is, this is even before the WGA card. So, Right. Let, let, let me explain. Let me explain my thought process on this because this okay, is all my thought ahead. process I had when they made these announcements. Go ahead. I'd love to hear this. Can we say that Disney has cold feet? Gets cold feet theory, and now especially now that Iger's back. You know, considering this is a company that released Song of the South, their cold feet are kind of like they don't uh, care. Well, you, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't even compare. To what Disney was when they released South, Song of the South compared to now. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. No, you can't because it's totally different people running the company and a totally different time. Uh, this is the company that has buried Song of the South. This is a company running right now that has buried that movie so deep, deep. No, it's never going to see the light of day again. It. it well, I, I'll give you that. It buried it deeper than George could bury the holiday special. Let, let, me, let me put it this way. You're going to have a far easier time finding cuts of Batgirl than you will of. Are you serious? Uh, I mean, so 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 let, let let's let's go there in in the two aspects. Is Bob Iger and the board of directors at Disney? feeling really good about revisiting anything from the sequel saga. 
the sequel trilogy. Are they really feeling that? Two, creatively, you know that they desperately want Oscar Isaacs and John Boyega to be part of this film. Right. And I don't know if Disney is going to be willing to back up the Brinks truck it's going to take to get either of those gentlemen to commit to doing Star Wars again. First of all, I don't care what Disney wants. Well, I understand what that you you might not care what Disney wants, but Disney's the one who's writing the check to make the movie. Now you gotta understand something, dude. Right? Mm-hmm. Disney doesn't make all this stuff. Yeah, but they pay for it. That's a very different conversation, isn't it? Well, yeah, but it, when when it, you know, no matter what, when it comes to the bottom, the bottom line comes to who controls the purse strings. Okay, and funny you mention that because uh, if if they control purse strings, they pay the fucking writers. Well, well, then there you go. But that's what I'm saying. Okay. So is no, is, no, no, no. Look, all this movie talk is hyperbole because if Disney controlled the purse strings, they would pay their goddamn writers. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. They control the purse strings, which means they choose whether they want to pay the writers or not. Yeah, they are a studio, just like every single other studio on the planet that isn't owned by Disney, all right? They, all of them, are responsible for this shit. Well, right. And all I'm all I'm saying in this in this aspect, David, is that I am not one hundred percent convinced now that Bob is that Iger is back. That he really wants to spend the money to revisit something that brought him a lot of controversy. It also made the company a lot of money. You think they right. care about controversy? Yeah, but it. I just. I. I'm no, just not. And I, I go back to Sauna of the South. You really think this fucking company cares about controversy? I think you can't. And like I said, that's. You know how long ago that is. And look at the fact that yes. Well, no, they, but if you want to use the word controversy, which is so popular among goddamn fandoms that they eat it for breakfast like cornflakes, you got to keep in mind what is the most controversial film they've done. That right. okay, and you can't. But you, you, th- you that, think again, that, like you. No, seriously, you think this company gives a damn about controversy? They do um, not. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I, I really do. Especially when you consider what's going down in Florida right now. Well, uh, look. Let's not open that can of worms. Well, and what I'm saying, and I'm what I'm sorry, saying is that is a fight you're going to lose, Meatball. But here's what I'm saying: you can't use Song of the South as a comparison. It was totally different people running it, and if you look, like I said, Disney's buried it. Hell, they 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 shut down Splash Mountain and are completely redoing Splash Mountain to get rid of anything Song of the South in the parks. Yeah, and look how long they've kept Splash Mountain. So well, technically. Technically, my analogy is still valid. Well, but look when okay, look what look, happened look in the at world. How long they, they kept that thing. Look, look, look what happened in the world that caused that change. Finally. Uh, yeah, the world had to really lose its shit. So all all I'm all I'm saying is is that I I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate in the aspect of 
there's there are higher ups at Disney that I wonder what would I wonder if they're really all in on doing this film. Yeah, you're always playing devil's advocate. I mean, Mr. Doom and Gloom, okay? I mean, come on. No, no. I just no, raved no, on my no, love no, of vision. No, no, Kyle, Kyle, it's Doom and Gloom, all right? We're, we're talking a positive Star Wars news, positive Star Wars experiences, talking movies again. And well, all no, I'm excited that we're talking is movies. Talk, all you want to do is make a Johnny Raincloud. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to make a Johnny Raincloud. I'm just. What do you think you just did? No, because if if, if you will, if we will continue that, what? But I'm also trying to be realistic because we have been burned so many times by announcements of Star Wars movies. Have well, we not? Well, yeah, and and and. Need I remind you, some of the announcements we were supposedly burned on, mm-hmm. okay, happened when your boy Bob Iger was still there. So, oh, yeah, ergo, I'm not, I'm not, a, I ergo, am not. No, seriously, ergo, I'm sorry, how both, how useful were either of these two? Well, I'm not, not I'm not defending, I'm not defending her, I'm just, I'm just stating, stating things that are out there. Yeah. You know what? You know what I find dumb. All right, just really, really dumb. A lot of the moves that Bobby Chapek doubled down on were moves that your boy Bob Iger put in motion. He's not. First of all, he's not. I didn't ever said he was my boy. Well, no, I'm. I'm just saying that hyperbole because you like the guy more. Oh. No, uh, there's things about Bob Iger I don't like either. But all I'm, all I'm saying is he's better than Chapek. He is, but what I find ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, okay, is Disney. Your house was burning down for two years, so the best thing you can do is bring back the guy who lit the goddamn match. Well, that's what they've done, though. So. I know it's what they've done, but that's pretty stupid. I don't think there was anybody else in line that was going to take that role. So yeah, certainly not the guy that JPEG fired. What was his name again? Oh, I can't. Uh, there's a few of them. So. Yeah, there's yeah. But, no, he got a little order sixty six happy, didn't he? And, and, and you know what? Yes, I, I I will be the first to admit I am skeptical about any Star Wars movie talk. Until I I have more confirmed information, and yes, so yes, as, as far as that aspect is, I am skeptical. I think, like in many of Star Wars fans, we have rights to be we have the right to be a little bit skeptical of Disney and Lucasfilm when it comes to a movie, saying, yeah, show us show us a trailer, show us something that you've actually done something. Yeah, you, I, know, you know the only other place I share your skepticism. Where's that? fandom itself oh yeah but you know i i i'm i'm not saying that i I believe the dave filoni movie will get made i'm just more i have concerns about how they're going to distribute there there are ones i respect in fandom uh mark curlman you matt your boy kevin right there are folks i actually legitimately respect in fandom circles mark newbold being one of them but 90 percent of them no, 
Well, and I'll, like I said, these are just my I'll, as as far as these things with movie. These are just things I've thought about, and I again I'm trying to be real, realistic. I think. Do I think ultimately these three films are probably going to ha- are all going to happen? Yeah, I do. I yeah. do. But all I'm saying is is that for too many years now we've had this person's doing a Star Wars movie. This person's doing a Star Wars movie. This person's doing the a Star Wars. The Oprah effect of. And so. I'm at the point where I look at Disney and I look at Lucasfilm when it comes to doing a Star Wars movie. Don't just give me, oh, we're doing this. Give me proof. Give me proof of life that this movie exists. It's going to exist. You know, give me for, proof. You know, for many, many reasons that fans will never know because y'all don't deserve to know, I feel that way about Marvel. You know, everybody. You feel that way about Marvel. Marvel. Marvel at least has a track record of getting these projects done, whether they're good or whether they're fully enjoyable and embraced look, by the fans look, or not. That's a different story. At this been... point, at this point, Marvel feels like a goddamn cult. It basically is Kevin Feige basically stroking himself. Well, that's that's a discussion for another. We've had this discussion back and forth. So I. Yeah, that's true. You know. Um, Again, I'm not. I'm. I'm just. I'm playing. But I'm. I'm. I'm putting out my own thoughts. I'm not expecting everybody to agree with me. And if people want to think I'm trying to be negative, I'm not trying to be negative. Right. But I no, am trying. I, I agree. And look, Kyle, I. I apologize for getting so Mustafarian heated. Okay. No, but... and I get it because I know. I know how passionate you are about wanting to get Star Wars back on the big screen. Yeah. So am I. I just want to make sure. I'm. I'm just at the point where. I've heard, I've, I've heard. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening, and yet, oh, now it's not happening. Now it's not happening. Now it's not happening. Yeah, so again, and you, you know what? I'm at, I'm at the point where it's similar to yours, but you also kind of have to remove the remove the two years where everything was essentially gutted. Well, no, and I, and I, no, I, no, I, no, and the basic, the basic reason is this: let me paint you a goddamn picture here, okay? Mm-hmm. And paint everybody else a picture here. If, if say Solo, for instance, mm-hmm. had Solo worked, and by the way, Disney Plus lost a ton of more money than Solo. Think about that, people. Think about that before you speak. But had Solo worked, okay, and had, you know, everything been hunky-dory and had a sequel happened, right, it probably would have been shot late 2019, let's say. Come out, you know, 2020, 2021, let's say. Had that been the case, then, you know, a Star Wars movie would have crashed like everything else had, hit a goddamn invisible wall like everything else had, and then I guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you that you, me, Kevin, Mark, Newbold, everybody, we will be having a vastly different conversation and a more disastrous conversation, I might add, that fits the doom and gloom realism you just painted. Well, okay, so so let me let me let me throw out this point. Sure. And then we'll, we'll move on to the third 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 film. Sure, sure. 
which I'm sure is going to go just fine. So, my my point is with this, and why why I am at this mental point with Star Wars films, and I think a lot of people are. Yeah. Uh, people I've talked to, and people I respect, and people you respect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is just as much to blame on Lucasfilm and Disney for announcing all these projects. And then just instead of just saying, you know what, it hasn't worked out, we're, we're moving away from this project, letting these projects still hang out in limbo. Hell, we still have yet to get official confirmation that the Ryan Johnson trilogy is canceled. We have yet to still get official confirmation that Rogue Squadron is canceled. Oh, you're, they're just, not, oh, they're, you're, they're, talk, you're talking the... The um the hanging Chad movie announcements basically. Yeah. So basically, yes, we've got all these things that we're pretty sure are not happening, and they've they've kind of basically hinted as much, but they've never officially confirmed it. And right. shame on Disney and shame on Lucasfilm in this aspect of letting the fans twist in the wind with this kind of stuff. Well, That's, yeah. I, I look. I would have to one hundred percent agree on that. Well, main, mainly shame on Disney with this one. Mainly, mostly because look, if you're going to bring the they write the checks argument, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's one hundred percent, one thousand percent shame on Disney because what one thing they should have known right from the get go is the fandom that was attached to what they bought. Yeah, well, but it was... Come on, we can both be honest, though, that the fandom was in a much different place when they bought it than where it is now. No, it was. It was. But I also think, and I've talked with you off mic about this, (laughs) about, uh, you know, the, the physical media aspect of things, right? Yep. And I'm just gonna say, for a company so in tuned like Disney... Not realizing the fandom that is attached to what you bought, right, is probably the biggest failure they've done as well, a company. But, okay, so so here here's what I'm going to say on that. Sure. And I, I I think this is across the board. I'm not going to just throw Disney under the bus here. Okay. The the physical versus streaming. What is happening right now? is the higher up saying, this is what we're going to do, and you're going to like it because it's the only way you're going to get it. No, no, no. That's Kyle, I was using as an example of the other thing I was talking about. Yeah. I wasn't going down the road of physical versus streaming argument. That's not what I was doing. Okay? What I was saying is the statement is comparable to Disney failing to understand the fandom they bought when they bought Star Wars. Right. And for a company so in tune to know what their 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 um you know base is, they failed. Well, I, I don't I don't think Disney has been in tune with Star Wars since they bought it. They've certainly not been in tune with the fan base. Yeah. So but which okay, so we've got that. So that brings us to the third project. Okay. And it it's the project that of, of the three, I'm the legitimately the most excited about because it's doing what we've been talking about. And it's doing the same thing Star Wars Acolytes doing. It's taking us to a totally different place 
something that doesn't tie into anything that's been pre-existing so far. Yeah, I am very excited for this one, mainly because I, I, look, I love James Mangold. I'm going to say, I don't, look, I don't care about, you know, a certain tomato meter that, you know, is half the time full of its own, you know what, all right? I don't care about any of that shit. I, I love James Mangold. I mean, dude, let's look at his films, okay? 310 to Yuma. Ford versus Ferrari. Logan, for God's yep. sake. Right? Oh, oh no. I, I will preach James Mangold to the cows come home. Yeah, I mean, the man is on fire. Yeah, oh, he's on, he's on, he's, he's, he, yeah, he's. I'm not, like I said, you, you don't have to sell me on that aspect of it. Let, I'll just say this, and yes, tying into uh, his other film coming out, if there were a dial to turn back time uh, and you made Steven Spielberg younger, he would probably take the form of James Mangold. Yeah. Here's my, and again, so I'm, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom on this one, but here's my one concern. Okay. If Dial of Destiny does not meet the expectations, okay, just All just right. bear with me. All just right. bear with right. me. I've, hey, look, I've done my most supporting overheating for the show, yeah. okay? And so if, if it does not meet expectations, given the past history of how Disney's been with Star Wars directors, does Disney look at Jane, and I think they're stupid if they do, let me make that very they clear. They are right very now. stupid, they do. But do they get, like, okay, maybe let's hold off before we give James Mangold an, our other, another big franchise with us. And, again, that's that's looking at Disney, and then, then does this project go on without James Mangold and then become something different? Or did, did, did Disney stick to their guns and stick with James Mangold should Dial of Destiny not meet the expectations that Disney is expecting it to? Because I haven't seen it yet. I'm I'm not going off the road. I'm going to say this, and this is all I'm going to say about it. Mm -hmm. All right? Uh, Yeah, Lucasfilm stitch your guns. Disney back the hell off. Well, like I said, and this is the the frustration with Star Wars movie projects. That Disney isn't backing the hell off. Disney, and we, David, we've talked about this, and I know you've you've actually even agreed with me on this to a point. Few few times, yes. But we've talked about how the fact that Disney, for the most part, up until Chapek, left Marvel alone to do their thing. But Disney has not been able to keep their fingers out of the Lucasfilm pie. Right. And you, it's been it's it's been the biggest difference between. Marvel and Lucasfilm under the Disney banner. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's time. I, I. It's time for Disney to keep to take their fingers and let Luca let the people at Lucasfilm do their jobs and and give them the give them the opportunity to make something without having Disney corporate all over it. Oh, I agree. And and I go back to my original statement. Disney back the hell off. And again, what this comes down to for me, David, and I'm gonna—I've I've stuck by this 
from day one. Yeah, sure, shoot. Disney bought Star Wars thinking, okay, we can just take this and run with this the way we want to do it because there hasn't been anything, really. Right, yeah. When Disney bought Marvel, and you say what to a Marvel was coming into those movies in a very bad place. They took, they almost, they basically took took the suicide plunge if this didn't work. If, if the MCU yeah. didn't. No, I agree. I agree because before before Disney bought Marvel, Marvel was uh, still in in cautionary water. They, they had just they had just come out of bankruptcy. Yeah. So. Pretty much, but, but, the, yeah. but the difference was that the only thing Disney had within the entire phase one of the MCU was marketing for the Avengers because the movies were all done. The Avengers was a success on its own. It brought Disney a shitload of money, and they said, you know what? These guys are making money. They're making us money. We're going to leave them the hell alone because they're making us money. Right. And so that was the advantage. I bet they're regretting that decision now. Well, I don't think they're regretting it. I mean, they're still making money off of. No, off I, the... I, I know, I know, I know. I, I just think they're um, not regretting, um, uh, questioning the moral looseness. Well, but I think I, I what it, but like I said, what it boils down to is Disney needs to let Star Wars cook and do its thing. Instead of trying to constantly interfere from a marketing standpoint and whatever, and it's 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 the it's my biggest frustration since Disney has acquired the Star Wars license is that they don't let they can't keep their fingers out of the pie. Let let's let these guys do what they do, and then if they fall flat, if they make bad movies or bad TV shows or fall flat on the face, then yeah, what get involved, but give them a chance to do their projects. Oh, I uh, look. I absolutely agree. And you know when I started to have that thought, where it was the let them do what they do. Where, and, and again, this is where I started to see the cracks in in you know our our precious little Bob Iger, okay. But uh, and this is gonna hurt this piece of reality but it's where all these cracks started was when he basically put his foot down and was so hell-bently adamant saying no solo comes out here well i i also think i i i i look at the, that situation with a little bit there's a double-edged sword to that there is there because are, let well, me so let me well, let me just say weren't they basically just, sacrificing that to the altar of uh, Mary Poppins Returns? Yeah, but let's let's also say this. Yeah, we've talked about this. Bob Iger took the lightsaber after Solo. He fell on the lightsaber. It took he, him. I, a, it took him a few months. Yes, but he, he and I think in taking that lightsaber. He saved Star Wars. Because let's remember at that point, all of a sudden there was like Boba Fett movie, Kenobi movie. There was like five movies planned out. Right, yeah. Now. And if, if we were all like, whoa, wait a minute here. This is feeling awful rushed. Yeah, yeah, that's when we started to see the Oprah effect, wasn't it? Well, the start of it. But in this case, it was like, okay, what? 
they, they, they were making this. You know what they were doing with Star Wars? What? They were making the DC mistake with Star Wars in the aspect of DC tried to do everything that it took Marvel 10 years to do. DC tried to do in like two years. And that's what they were trying to do with Star Wars. It's, oh, let's build this connective universe and let's do bang, 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 bang and crank all this stuff out. And it would have been crap because it would have been rushed. Right. Not well thought out. And I do think when we go look at what's come out on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are the remnants of that. The, obviously, the Obi-Wan show, the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, which are the remnants of what the James Mangold, ironically, who we're talking about, and with Dial of Destiny coming out, but what James would have done with a book of Boba Fett film. Right. Or so, a Boba Fett film. I, I, I don't think James would have been dumb enough to go with such a cringy title. Yeah. Well, but, but, I'm, but what I'm saying, though, is it's just interesting as we look back at the history of it. And so... Where my mindset comes from with these films right now is, again, I think is a fair mindset. I'm not trying. I'm not intentionally trying to be Mr. Doom and Gloom. No, but, no, no, no. Look, I was. But a, I am. I, I am, was a bit I, heated when I accused you of that. I'm sorry. But, but 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 what I am, what I am is when it comes to Star Wars on my big screen because I really I'm, I want it there. Star Wars, Star Wars should be not just Disney Plus. It should be. On the big screen with Disney Plus compliments. I agree. I just, look, uh, just I the way, sure. same way. That's the same way Marvel should work. Marvel, the, the main the Marvel stuff. The Kenobi fight. I should have been watching on the big screen, not in, not in some, you know, volume set where Obi Wan and Vader are basically playing peekaboo. Yeah. So all all I'm saying right now, when it comes to Star Wars films, yes, I have hopes that these films are going to get made, but guess what, Disney, you got to. Disney and Lucasfilm both, because I'm not. Lucasfilm has responsibility in this too. It's not 100% Disney, but Lucasfilm has responsibility in this too because there's just things Lucasfilm could have done to stand up for themselves better. But I will believe these, like I said, when I see when I have a trailer or footage on from a Star Wars celebration or something where they reveal me some footage that this is legit. And I don't have just a director sitting on a tarmac or on a runway saying this is this oh, is what's. Oh God! Don't bring that up. Don't. But but I mean I'm making that point. When I have actual footage in front of me, then you're going to start having credibility with. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as this goes, until I have that footage, though, I'm going to bring up questions. Right, right. As any you know, rational, healthy fans will be doing. So and the, yes, kids, I... I said rational and healthy, which a lot of you, I know firsthand, a lot of you are, uh, spoiler alert, not. So, that's, that's, uh, that's where I am at. And I, I am trying to be, I, I'm honest, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that they're announcing movies that look like they're going to happen. But I'm also, I also pump the brakes and wait with braided breath because I'm like until 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 I see some footage. I'm not I'm not I'm not 100% convinced that these films will see the light of day. And if people want to say that that's me being negative, that me being a jerk, being and I'm like that's what this that's what the situation has put me in the mindset of. I will be the first one to be in line at the theater buying my tickets to see these films if they 
if they if they come out. And look, brother, if anyone else calls you that outside of me, I'll just say no. He's being an optimistic jerk. And, and well, and you know, even if you even if you say it, I just I just treat it as oh well, you know, it's it's just David. That's why I said outside of me. <laughs> you know, because honestly, the way you and I are. And I have the same, look, if he were back, I'd have the same relationship with Matt. I'd be like Raj in that, in that Star Wars, uh, you know, Big Bang Theory episode. It's like, hey, we can say it. You can't. So, I mean, that's, but that's where I'm at. I'm excited. I'm, I really hope the Mangold project is my most excited one because it's, we're getting out of the box. It's the same reason why I'm very excited for Acolytes. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, so, and, and, and it's, and two so, words excite me for Acolyte. Two words and one fine, fine-ass woman, right? Mm-hmm. Two words, Wookiee Jedi, fine-ass woman, Carrie Ann Moss. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so, I mean, that's, that's, where, that's where I sit, David. I mean, I, I know you're very excited for Star Wars movies. I know how passionate you are for Star Wars to be back on the big screen. Yeah. I just... I, yeah, I just, in more I, ways than one. I am yeah. a... I am a little biased when you consider what I do outside of podcasting. So I mean, but that's—I mean—that's where I'm at. I—I I hope we're on a path. I, I truly hope we're on a path to finally getting Star Wars in the direction it needs to be going in. Right. No, I agree. Instead, instead of this up and down that seems to have been going on, one minute it's great, the next minute it's like, well, what the hell is going on? And, and, and I mean that's the way the world these days too. But I'm just like, just give me solid on my Star Wars. Well, look give at me, the, give look, me... at, look at it this way, my friend. Um, 2027 is Star Wars is going to be 50. Uh, I guess it's having its midlife crisis a bit early. Uh, yeah, that, that's one way to put it. <laughs> of course, you know, at, at the rate things are going and the way those movies make money, it doesn't matter because soon I think every Disney. Who's going to have blue people in it? Wait, I saw the Smurfs. What do you mean? Uh, I'm referring to that other thing that makes. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. We will not talk about that. No, no it just stop. makes a crap ton no, of money. No, that's all I'm saying. No, 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 no. There, there. Uh, look, there will be no trips down, honey. I blew up Smurf Village. No. Does that mean you're Gargamel? Yeah, probably. If you're a Gargamel, who's the cat? You? Uh, I've got enough of them around me at the moment. Or let's just say, if I'm Gargamel, who's the cat? You? Yeah. Well, I got a couple here around me, so you never know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but here's one difference. I'm sure your cats are adorable and smart. The cat on on Smurfs was, um, well, he kicked Gargamel's ass, so I guess he was smart. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> but so, do you have any final thoughts on these movies, David? Before we get out of here? No, I don't. Look, um, I look, I as he does, I get. And Kyle, I apologize. I didn't want to like. Well, I, 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 I know it's pure, it's pure emotion out of you. You know, I, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. take it personal. Sometimes yeah. I just have to reel you back in a little. And that, and you do that quite well. And a lot of that is also fueled by, and you know as well as our listeners do, 
I'm very biased when it comes to what I do outside of podcasting. So I, my my livelihood kind of depends on that in more ways than one. So I have a bit more invested in in uh, you know getting movies back than just you know what everybody else would you know think with um, you know a certain mouse and all their slivers of IP pie as it were. Uh, there's a term for you, IP pie. I will say, as far as the three films, the uh, Ope Bechidoi movie, or or New Jedi Order, I guess, let's call it that right now, um, and the Poloni movie, and the uh, James Mangold movie, I, I gotta be honest with you, the least I'm excited about, um, and, and mainly Kyle, it's because of the points you brought up and the possibilities of what you brought up. Although I do think Disney's really stupid if they do that, but it is a real possibility to keep them back in mind. The one I'm least excited about is uh, my boy Dave. And yeah, I think I'm a. I think I'm a little more excited for Dave than I am for the Ray film, but that's just personal taste there. Right, right. No, and I get that. I get that. But, um, and look, I'm like I said, I'm I'm happy for Dave. I'm you know a Dave myself, so I'm like, hey, team, right? But as far as, and I guess the 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 lack of hype right now, right, for that one, mm-hmm. is mainly built around the fact that um, I'm I'm sorry, but the shows have not impressed me lately. No, I can get that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not so much personal taste, because, look, I did like the what the sequels were doing to me. I did. Sorry, kids, if you didn't. You know, it's been five years. Get get over yourselves already, to be honest. But I personally did like what they were doing, so there you go. Uh, personal taste is fine. Just, you know, don't be a dick about it. Um, and, and I know, Kyle, you're not, but generally most people are. You, you and I both know that. Um, but... Uh, you know, and look, maybe the Ahsoka show will hopefully change my tune as to just the Bando shows in general and change my tune toward what Dave will, you know, end up doing. It's just not right now. Oh, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. And that's yeah, a wonderful thing. It's, it's just not right now. I mean... I look. I like the shows. I review the shows. Obviously, with you, we have several, uh, you know, spinoffs on this very, you know, um, uh, podcast uh, network. But I'm, I've just not been uh, feeling the shows. I've not been rewatching them uh, or going back to revisit them. Hell, 
I go back to revisit the sequels more than I do the the Disney Plus shows. Yeah, again, sorry children, but my show, so, eh. Alright, sorry if you don't like it. If you don't like it, again, been five years. Get over it. Go out and touch some grass. Maybe you'll feel better about yourself, or maybe you'll feel better about this conversation. Who knows? But I I just don't revisit the shows as much. Well, you know, everybody has Star Wars that they love, so. Yeah. And if only more people knew that, this would be a far more happy place to be. This is true. But the problem is, you know, it just isn't happy anymore. You know? I mean... We ha- we are happy. We have a good time. You know, I love what you and Kevin do. You know, I love what Mark and I do with um with Marvel Cast and talking comics. So we're happy, but as far as fandom as a whole, fandom in general, I okay, before we go, I propose this to you. Mhm. Okay. And not just you, Kyle, but I look at everyone listening. All right? I propose this to everybody, everybody at large. You want to know what broke fandom? It's not a film. It's not some over effect of announcing projects and then not happening. You want to know what really broke fandom? Here's here's a secret, kids. Getting really close. Here's a secret. It's you. That is what broke fandom. Just you. Nobody else. Just you. That's it. That's the PSA for the evening. Kyle, do you have anything else to add? Uh, nope. I think I, I think I've covered it all at this point. Um, I, I think it's been. It's an interesting time, and I think it's only going to get more and more interesting depending on what happens over these next several months. It is a very interesting time. Well, again, uh, that'll do it for this uh, episode of the regular uh, show, Fandom Awakens Radio, Fans Together, Sean. And you know what? Yes, we're both very, very passionate, but... um, uh, some, uh, you know, that passion can get a little, uh, either Mustafarian heated or, or, uh, you know, uh, need a, need a communion tidal wave, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. So, again, we will talk to you next time, and, uh, and remember, gang, you can take Star Wars lukewarm, you can take Star Wars Mustafarian hot. Or as cold as a vacation on Hoth, but at the end of the day, Star Wars is the way. Everybody, stop. Thanks for listening to Fandom Awakens Radio. Action. Episode 8. The first film didn't even have a number. Lucasfilm and all things Star Wars are subsidiaries of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved.
Brian has written a story that's unexpected but right. Some of the stuff that happens, people are going to be like, oh, my God. Even though I think I know it all, they throw things at me story-wise I never could have imagined. And even though everybody knows that it's the second in a trilogy, it feels like its own thing. Go. Star Wars is so cool because there's all these creatures and all these amazing visual effects. But all the characters are also so complex. Ryan needs to work on his walkie sounds. It's ridiculous. New director can't even just learn a walkie sound. It feels like the storylines are becoming more established. We're really getting to know these new characters. Also with the characters that we know and love, we're seeing their lives change. Everything is being shifted in an opposite way to what the audience expected after seven. Ryan's made Star Wars fresh and new. Fandom Awakens Radio is meant for informational purposes only. I'm hoping it'll be a little shocking, but I'm hoping it'll feel real and honest. It's our most ancient story of good against evil told in the most fascinating way, but it has a real spiritual depth to it. It's about family, and that's what's so powerful about it. It's a wrap! <laughs> Fans together strong.